you know if it's Friday, you know what time it is. You know it is time for Football Friday. It is your host, Vince. I have a cast of characters with me that I'll get to in a second. But today's opening, I'm sorry, we kind of have to preempt the AFC North Divisional Preview for another Brian Guttenkuss laugh fest. All right. So my man has done everything possible to piss Aaron Rodgers off. This is just true facts. Look at the draft. The Jordan Love pick was obvious a piss off to Aaron Rodgers. Then they got uh, my guy Dylan, who's awesome. I like him a lot, but still not what Aaron was looking for. Then they went to the trade deadline, and he said it would sure be nice to have another weapon. And Brian Gunkus said nothing. <laughs> then we go to the draft. This year's draft. And I can't wait to do that NFC North preview. But my man does not draft a wide receiver for my man Aaron Rodgers again. Now, hours leading up to the draft, Aaron says, I'm requesting out of Green Bay. And I'm going to sit in Hawaii and other places like the Kentucky Derby with my famous fiance, Shailene Woodley. All right. So we'll go over some of the special excuses that Brian Guttenkuss has given Aaron. And I'm going to give you a couple more now that my man has somehow messed up contract negotiations with one of the best wide receivers in football today, Devontae Adams. So Brian Guttenkuss and the fans of Green Bay, you are welcome for the next five minutes. So we had COVID. COVID was obviously the number one reason why Brian Guttenkuss couldn't do anything for Aaron Rodgers and free agency in the draft, right? You got to take care of your family. I got all that. We had the new Taylor Swift album and which song was the actual banger. And the scouting department and the front office <laughs> was, was in up in arms about which song it was that T-Swift is going to be the song that resonates with the youth of America. We had the pesky climate control issue that seemed to grind, to bother Brian Guttenkuss and his ability to get Aaron Rodgers' weapons. There was a hotly debated topic in the, in the war room about which streaming services are essential to have. So that also took precedent over getting weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, there was the spurned young Brian Guttenkuss at 16 from 
the girl that he he was opining for, and my man was still feeling the burn from that as well. Okay, so we had all these excuses that Brian Gutenkus used to Aaron Rodgers. These are the classics. Now we got new ones. Okay, so <clears throat> Brian Gutenkus cannot do contract negotiations with Devontae Adams for this time because of the fact that Kanye West just dropped a new album. Okay, that album is uh, playing in constant rotation. Again, that, that's a lot to deal with. Fair enough, Brian. So, that's Nico. Hi, Nico. We haven't gotten to you yet, so <laughs> lay out Sorry. for a second. All right. So listen, Kanye West drops a new album. Everything on the planet must stop. Okay, we all we all have to just make sure that we don't miss any brilliance from Kanye West. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing that we have to deal with is the traffic that's in Milwaukee right now because the Milwaukee Bucks just won. The NBA title. So my man, Brian Gutkus, his ways app wasn't working very well. And he had to work from home and didn't have all of his files to be able to construct a contract for Devontae Adams as well. There was a report that Brian Gutkus was enamored with the Peacock Network and their showing of the Olympics that I can understand could hold precedence over a Devontae Adams contract. I understand that. Um, the one that worried me was that he decided that he needed to binge below deck before he could have the contract negotiations with Devontae Adams. Um, I don't know too much about this reality show, but I guess he's a big below deck fan. Um, there was one serious note that Brian Gutenkust had to definitely take care of before he for the Devontae Adams contract, and this is why it had it was broken off. Because I think Devontae felt disrespected. Our man Brian Gutenkus is a fan of, I guess, the new Saved by the Bell that's also on the Peacock Network. And he was into that and he had to postpone negotiations with Devontae Adams. So now Devontae Adams is like, yo, I'm I'm pretty much out, bro. Like, you are missing me with, like, Saved by the Bell redo, okay? That's not happening. The Yeezy, okay. Yeezy, I'm fine with. But AC Slater at 42, I can't get down with that. I cannot get down with that. So these negotiations are now over. So Brian Gutekus, 
I hope you're happy. Your two most important offensive players are now disgruntled. So have fun in Green Bay this year. I'm I'm almost willing to take the Chicago Bears with no quarterback right now until we figure out if Justin Fields can play. I'm almost willing to take Minnesota now in that division because it's an absolute dumpster fire in Green Bay. Packer fans, you should be upset. You should be livid. I mean, I understand there's a glow of a championship not far from you. Not far in Milwaukee, right? But let me tell you something. Your beloved Green Bay Packers might implode this year because you got two really unhappy players without contracts and Brian Gutenkus does not care whatsoever. He does not care because... He has a laundry list of things to worry about. Okay? When he went to prom and that 16-year-old girl spurned him, he has still not gotten over that. All right? Listen, sometimes it takes a while. All right? Maybe he needs to listen to some Usher. Let it burn. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what his family lost in the saving and loan scandal. I have no idea, but it seems to bother him a lot. I can understand trying to figure out streaming services and which ones you need. I got it. That could take up some time. But the one I can't get over, Brian, is this. Saved by the Bell redo, bro. That's where we're going with this. We're going with old Jessica Spano. And AC Slater. That's what we're going with before we get a Devontae Adams contract. Get the hell out of here with that, bro. All right. Green Bay fans, you can find me at QPP Network. You can leave your take there. You're welcome for your boy, Brian Gutenkuss, just spurning one of the most talented wide receivers in the league, and also, as well, sticking another knife in the side of Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm going to have everybody join in. It's the cast of characters today. You heard Nico early. You know, Nico is going to be breaking down some of these cats that we're going to talk about today. We have our and you fantasy. You be talking about Kanye. I had to jump in as soon as I heard his name. Listen, I understand. We listen. Yeezy yeah. is very important to people. I got it. Yeah. So I can understand yeah. why. Yeah. Definitely, man. I understand why Gutenkus couldn't pull himself away. <laughs> I got it. Um, you killed that man, though. I think. I think you verbally murdered him. He drug him around back and shot him in the head. <laughs> I'm trying to do everything I can to bring shed light to this situation, man. I really am. I mean, this is super crazy for me. It's <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally just agree. Nuts. Uh, we have our fantasy expert, Kyler Copeland, in the building. Kyler, what's up? 
What's up? What's up, man? I'm excited. Me and our other guests uh, just negotiated trades in the chat where I traded a, a conditional sixth round pick and the number to Robert Kraft's masseuse for Fletcher Cox. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> and we have resident Eagle fan and also gamer and also new podcast host of the sports gambling podcast that is coming up. We don't have a name for that, do we? Uh, we we got it. We got to decide it. I've got a few ideas. Okay. Well, you know what? On this network, we pull the curtain back. For the audience. So we're going to do this. We're going to workshop some of this right now. Zach, get on the mic, dude. What up, what up, what up? Now, okay. Zach is a resident Eagle fan. So listen, tread lightly. There might be batteries thrown at Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. Maybe some damage done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, hey. Just get ready for it. Just get ready. Um, okay. He's still pretty bitter so. about Carson Wentz. So um, <laughs> just, you know. Just tread lightly with our guy. It's it's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been trying to tell him Carson went sucked since they since they made the draft pick. But. Man, ever since that Rams game, I said Carson went sucked. Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, this has gone downhill since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we have a sports gambling or sports betting mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about the name, the first thing that comes to mind, what we, what Zach and I have discussed before, is the idea of how to be a sports gambler. Because the two of us, while we know a lot about sports, we spend a lot of time studying it and gambling on it, we still need to narrow down exactly how to do it. And we think with the help of our QPP nation, and the effort we're going to put towards it, we can figure out how to actually do it. Mm, let's see. Hmm. Let's see. Let's 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 kind of workshop some some titles. Actually, Lord you know Lord. you know who could help us because he actually has time on his hands. Is Brian Gutenkus? So you know, <laughs> yeah. Brian yeah. Gutenkus has time to help us come up. With the name, if you, you got call him you right gotta, now. Do you trust him with the product? I mean, you know, I, I don't, but he definitely, I mean, for somebody, he has a job for doing absolutely nothing. So, I mean, <laughs> he must be really talented at something. So, I'm thinking spitballing names might be something that he could do. Yeah. Because he's definitely not good at contract negotiation. We, <laughs> can we all agree on that? Yep. All right. All right, so so we got oh like sports betting for dummies. What about yards to dollars? Yards to dollars. I like I like that idea, but I want to expand into other sports as well eventually. So Uh, that would be uh, that problem. uh, Let's see. Oh, you know what you guys could use. Like so, cliche, like draft takes, like the stuff that w- we used to like drink on. Like everybody take a shot when, when like somebody says like wingspan. Like when uh, when, no. when uh, Billis says wingspan. You know what I'm talking oh. about, or or yeah. uh, or uh, what what is it? shifty hips, dancing bear in the NFL. <laughs> 
you know? Yeah. Dancing Bear podcast. I don't That's know how to go cool. over. I think well, there's some yeah. like Pornhub deal that we'd probably be breaking on that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Not saying I partake, but I'm just saying. This is stuff that. Oh. <laughs> um. Man, yeah. <laughs> what? Anything? It's difficult. This it's is difficult, difficult to come out with a home run there. Cliche. Uh, Nickname. I'm not. I'm not the best at naming things. I can come up with ideas for things, but I I need the the minds more creative. Creating a name is always part of a video game too. Hmm. Very sure. Hmm. All right. You know what? We'll have to table this what? now because this is not a good podcast. So we're we're in table. <laughs> that. That's not it's working. Rough. It's That's super not working. Hard. All right. Okay. So hey guys, you guys need to bow your heads. It's a somber moment on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, today, we lay to rest probably one of the most outstanding running back seasons that we've never seen, and we won't see it this year. <laughs> a guy that was going to be low-key Tyler's pick as far as his running back one. Cam Akers has torn his Achilles. Now, as a Ram fan, this hurts more on the fantasy. This is this is so bad because I'm not a fan of Mr. Henderson. So I don't know what we're gonna do. the The only thing that I feel on that, and then we'll get back to Akers, is that. Cuts towards the end of preseason. Then we get a running back. So that's what I'm hoping for. Just to sell hype? No. (laughs) So it's a sad day for Kyler. It's a it's a it's a uh, a day of mourning for me. Um Cam Akers was going to make the Rams so good. Um, he will be missed in all fantasy leagues. He will be missed by Sean McVay. He will be missed by Matthew Stafford, who still has not played with a quality quality running back. To this day, my man has still not played with a quality running back. You weren't a Joyke Bell kind of guy? Uh, no. <laughs> you beat me to it by like one second. <laughs> Joyke Bell on the podcast. Good one. Take credit, Kyler. That was good. <laughs> sir, sir, thank you. <laughs> Easy thousand yards. My oh. boy, Joyke Bell. Oh, 60 yards a game, no problem. <laughs> so, as a Ram fan, I- I'm looking at what I'm looking at Henderson and I'm looking at Jake Funk for real for real that's what I got that's it (laughs) so my morning is super super lit I'm just letting you know I'm mad (laughs) I got Benny Snell football like 
might uh, be able to turn it out in LA. We can we can trade them over to you anytime you want. <laughs> Listen, we don't have a lot of trade assets to give away, dude. No, Please take Sony Michelle. So, <laughs> I'll take a fourth, a fourth? Six, seventh round. Yeah, but any anywhere anywhere between the fourth and seventh round works for me. Hey, uh, I mean, there's a lot of free agents. I, do not say Adrian not Peterson. Do not say that guy. Do not not Gurley. No, no, we are not taking Todd Gurley back. That is not happening. Adrian Actually, Peterson is ten times better than Todd Gurley. In preparation for this episode, I uh, was looking up the Ravens' death chart, and for some reason, they had Todd Gurley on there. So maybe I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. that maybe was, some shit. Things, that, things that to come. I don't know. Things to come. Todd Gurley. What's he gonna do on Baltimore? Nothing. Pass like, Gurley. Yeah. 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 Have a good time. Enjoy the bench. Two to five carries a game for like twelve. Like red zone, yeah. like red zone only. He's gonna be red zone moral support, but he's not getting on the field. Yeah, he's gonna say, "I don't know." All right. All right, Peter Gurley. So that's so that's that's like a prelude to Baltimore slander to come. So, <laughs> all right. Any final words on Cam Akers that Kyler you want to drop? He was he was a good guy. Uh, <laughs> listen, Cam Akers. Listen, I, I've said this multiple times, and I feel like people think I'm joking when I said I was so ready to take him over Alvin Kamara. I was dead ass about that. I was so serious to take Cam Akers over Alvin Kamara this year. Like Kamara Barkley. No, I wanted Cam Akers. Cam Akers was my guy, and now I gotta find another guy. I've been propping up Damian Harris the last couple of days. He's a Patriot, so it's my guy, and it still doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Damian Cam Akers, man. I'm hoping he, I'm hoping he comes back strong. Achilles is tough, but uh, yeah. I'm hoping I can snag him next year, and he can be, you know, a, an even bigger value. Will we mm-hmm. draft any a running back in in round three next year? Trust me. On that, that would, yeah, not, not, it doesn't look like a great running back class next year, so that's that's a little worrisome. But I agree. Hey, dude, <laughs> the season hasn't started yet. There's always a breakout, dude. Always a yeah. breakout, dude. Somewhere. Can't wait for Miles Sanders to be the best. Oh my god! But yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Miles Sanders running back three in Philadelphia. Number three in the league, maybe. <laughs> R.I.P. Cam Akers season. And now on to the AFC North preview. Let's do the North as a just an overview. All right, we got we got we got a stacked team in Cleveland. Okay. We got a we got a we got a team in Cincinnati that um we need to talk about. On a real That's level. a football team for sure. They they actually have a team that takes place in the NFL. <laughs> I'll agree there. We have a a team in Pittsburgh in transition. Yep, absolutely. And we have a Baltimore Ravens team that I'm looking on the defensive end and going, or the defensive side of the ball and going. That's a lot of holes. 
And then there's Greg Roman. So, I mean, we got a lot to get to with this uh, particular <laughs> episode. Now, usually how I do it is I usually start from the bottom up. But I really don't know what the bottom is. So I'm going to just, I'm going to just, you know, spitball it. And the first team that we're going to talk about is the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Uh, First of all, that's that's the bottom. That's the bottom well, of the division. You know, we'll we'll get there. We'll see. College teammate over huge insurance policy in Panay Sewell. That's the first thing. Um, there are no questions at wide receiver. I mean, uh, Boyd, Chase, and uh, T Higgins. Okay. So they do. They definitely have that. I just don't know if you can pass on Sewell. Um, I just don't know if you can do it. Um, Jackson Carmen needs a lot of work. A lot of work. That dude is not ready. So you cannot plug and play him. Um, and let's see. I like the I like the Tyler uh, Shelvin pick from LSU. I like that pick. But I'm trying to figure out with the losses of Lawson and others, where does it all what does it all mean for Cincinnati? Because really Joe Burrow has a leg that we have to worry about and we are looking at an offensive line. That is pretty much a sieve. So, um, God, am I going to put Joe Burrow in the death pool this year and take Kyler Murray, little Kyler Murray out? Maybe, maybe. I'm not. I'm not sold on that offensive line. So, yeah. Kyler, tell, give me some joy. As far as fantasy is concerned, before I make my pick on how their record is going to shake out, what's the fantasy angle when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals? Sure. I mean, it really all hangs on the balance of how Joe Burrow's knee holds up and how his recovery is going. If he comes back full speed, then the values are crazy on this team. Joe Mixon has a value, crazy. No Giovanni Bernard. He's getting targets like crazy. Uh, Jamar Chase is being drafted as the highest receiver. I don't know about that. Tyler Boyd is being drafted as the last receiver on this team. And to me, I think Tyler Boyd finishes the best. I'm not going to spoil the stats because I have my fantasy episode, but I do have some numbers pulled up to why Tyler Boyd is going to be the best receiver for fantasy purposes on this team this year. Um, Joe Burrow, if he is fully back, should put up numbers, even if he might die by week eight. He'll give you good numbers in those first eight games. So from just a explosiveness and fantasy numbers perspective, this Bengals team is awesome. Uh, in real life, ass. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty good for fantasy purposes. And you can catch Kyler's podcast. It drops every Saturday, and it's moving to Tuesday and Thursday like right before the season starts. So I would say the first week of September 
we're shooting for that. Right, Kyler? Yes. All right. Yes, sir. Listen, if you need fantasy... And there might be a Wednesday in the middle of there. There might be a gambling podcast coming out. I don't know. Well, we're going to get to you, and we're going to spotlight your gambling <laughs> podcast. Look at Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Canadian. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. Who are your sorry. heels over there? You're so <laughs> feisty today. I'm going to let you get in a second. <laughs> but Kyler is going to have... Uh, uh, his podcast right now is about 25 minutes. He's he's getting you ready division by division. This week he's doing the AFC North, which is the same division yes. I'm doing. It's weird that that happens, but that's how that's how it all works out at Question Point Pod Network. You know, we kind of organize stuff. All right, now give me something. To give the Bengals fans hope, Nico, and also resident Eagle fan and hater of all other football teams, Zach. <laughs> give uh, me something I, the Bengals fans can say, you know what? This is going to be awesome. We're going to be entertaining. The receiving core is like super yeah. deep with good players like Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, like Tyler talked about, but also like Auden Tate as a number four receiver. Mike Thomas is an excellent special teamer. I wouldn't I wouldn't normally argue for a guy like that, but they also have Trent Taylor in the building who I've been I've been sold a few times that this guy is a poor man's Wes Welker. Um the offensive line in Cincinnati is a tire fire. Even the guys they drafted this year, like going into the season, Jackson Carmen and Trey Hill were the two offensive linemen. I was like begging to the gods that the Steelers didn't pick, and then they didn't pick either of them. Uh, Deontay Smith is a little bit better, but uh, the the rest of the group, like they're going to probably be starting Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins, Riley Reef, I guess, is supposed to be the saving grace, but over there, there's there's not a lot to be excited about. I don't think it's hard to uh, be excited. Uh, I've had some bad experiences with the Bengals, and uh, bro, kind of didn't help much last year. Mixon murdered me last year, so kind of have a little vendetta against these little Bengal cats. Yeah, Bengals fans. <laughs> Good luck. I want it. I want it so hard to give you guys a lot of good news. Here's the thing. I love Joe Burrow. Yeah. I know that T Higgins worked his ass off this year in the off season. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. Um, the wide receiver cord is so dope, but is yeah. Joe going to get time? No, I, I don't think so. And like, okay, you mentioned liking the Tyler Shelvin pick. Part of the part of the reasons why I I don't like the Bengals as much is because like I don't think they made the right draft choices just just because of like what they actually needed. Like you have DJ Reader, Larry Ogan, Joby, and Mike Daniels in the building. Do you really need to take Tyler Shelvin in the fourth round? Like that that's the same player you already have multiple times. Joseph Osai was a great pick in the third round. And like some of the stuff they were doing on the defensive backfield, I like Mike Hilton is a great slot corner. And I think if they use him 
in the right uh, role in the nickel and dime, he can make an impact for them. But like the the pass rush is weak. I don't like Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard. The linebackers suck. Von Bell relying on him as a safety. I don't don't fucking know about that. Uh, Jesse Bates is a good player too, but like that's pretty much the only good player if caught on defense. So I don't know. All right, so it's prediction time. Um, God, I love Joe Burrow. I hate to do it to him. (laughs) I really do. I think they're, at best, like everything, everything works out, which I don't see happening. They're like a seven-win team, like at best. But I think yeah. they're going to be a five-win team. I think they're going five and twelve. I got them at five and twelve. Sorry, Bengals fans, <laughs> your your a hey, your GM probably had a green room meeting with Brian Gutenkuss as well. <laughs> you might need to go talk to Mike Brown. Y'all yeah. might need to go talk to that dude and have a come to Jesus meeting because right. let me tell you something. How do you see that guy lay on the ground and then get carted off the field and have a gentleman in Anthony Munoz, who is a Hall of Famer, tell you that Panay Sewell is the guy you should take? And you literally could have got another LSU wide receiver in the second round because Terrence Marshall Jr. was there. But you had to get Jamar Chase. Good luck on pass protection. You better have great, and I mean great, fake handoffs. Your your play action pass better be so dope. That's the only way he stays alive. That's the only way he stays alive this year. Like, as a Steelers fan, when the Bengals were in position to take Sewell, I was terrified that their uh, organization would be on the upswing if they would have got him and then went wide receiver, whether it's an LSU guy in Terrence Marshall or someone like Rondale Moore, who I think would have been like a right fit with the offense, the kind of guy they needed. I don't know. I think like overall the organization, maybe they should have checked on Mike Brown maybe 30 odd years ago by now because this dude just keeps making the wrong choice over and over and over again. I think he just watches like SEC football and like Big Ten football. I literally think this is what this man does. It's like I'm just going to take the guy who looks awesome. This is like the same thing that happened to Carson Palmer. Like he got rolled up on because his offensive line was awful and then he was never the same player and they did not learn they just had the Andy Dalton era in between they didn't learn anything from the Carson Palmer shit I don't know that's this is awful like I I, I'll just I'll jump into my prediction here too I think you're you're five and twelve there like between I don't know what is it four and eleven and Six and ten, or seven, or seven and ten, I think is the right range for them. But seven and ten, even I think, is a really high outcome for what they put together at this point. Yeah, I guess I'll give my prediction next. I'm going to go four and thirteen because I think Burrow 
might start off a little bit slow coming back from this injury. He might, you know, not be as comfortable in the pocket because if you watch Bengals games before, Burrow's a tough dude that isn't afraid to take hits, but he might be a little like hesitant on things like that, at least in the first couple weeks of the season. And then, you know, I'm not high on the defense or the offensive line. They're going to be behind in a lot of games. So if Burrow isn't aggressive like that, I think that could hurt them in close games. Um, so I'll go four and 13. And Zach, I'll who do you got? I'll be a little more generous and I'll say either six or seven range for them. That will be my gap. Uh, I personally have seen what happens to a quarterback after they get hurt and they come back and uh, they kind of go downhill. So I don't really know. I haven't seen too much of Burrow to know fully what he could do. So we'll see how they go. But I think that uh, they got some weapons that could be fun to watch. And uh, I think there's a chance they could just have some outscoring matches with people if they get their shit together. And uh, I'll put them at the six to seven win range. That's generous of him. He's see, he's so nice. He's so nice. generous. So generous. Oh, oh just you so, wait, just you wait. So magnanimous. <laughs> so magnanimous in his in his prediction for the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, listen, <clears throat> I don't believe in you. So uh, <laughs> understand that you are right. looking at a lot of Ohio State football this year. Um, if you want to go see a good team, go to Cleveland. That's a good squad. Cincinnati is kind of close to Indianapolis, right? Like fairly close, right? It's on the border or something like that. It's not too far away. So through You're Cleveland, asking people. You're asking Canadians. Too. Yeah, through Cleveland and, and, and Indianapolis, who are probably the closest teams to you, if you want to go see good football. That's probably where you need to go, but sure. you're in luck because Cleveland comes to your stadium at least once. Uh-huh. So you're going to get to see some good football. But, <laughs> this uh, is not from your team. This is not from your team. Um, your whole priority right now is to wrap Joe Burrow in uh, bubble wrap and pray that he makes it through the season and then – Somebody wakes up Mike Brown from his 40-year nap and he drafts some offensive linemen next year. That's that's the thing. Or free agency would be good. I you know, I'm a big fan of getting dudes that know how to play the game. Been good for a while too. That might be helpful. But yeah, that's the prediction for your squad. Now we're gonna move on to my mama's favorite team, the four foot eleven white lady, known as Granny to some. That's my mama. We call her Mama Low, Loretta Kern. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler time. All right, first and foremost, Ben is aging. They have a new offensive line, not just. I like one guy, like the almost entire offensive line. I think this might be a, like a, I think this could be, you could write this as a sitcom. You know what I'm talking about? I really do. I think you could write old guy, young offensive line, shenanigans, you know, 
some sort of like don't they have some kind of South Alabama real world like type stuff that happens or whatever? I can see Ben shotgunning beers. <laughs> you know, his offensive line throwing a pool party that gets out of hand or whatever, because they're like twelve. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that doesn't look real good to me. Now, here's the other thing is that it's not like Ben can be the Redwood that he used to be and stand in the pocket and take the pounding. So if that offensive line doesn't come together real quick, we could have another Joe Burrow situation on our hands. The death of Ben Roethlisberger on the field could happen this year. Maybe he's in the death pool too. (laughs) Now, the other thing is, is that, Roethlisberger has decided to save his bullets for the season. So the continuity between Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's the other guy they have on the outside that I'm forgetting? Johnson? Deontay Johnson, James Washington. I was thinking James Washington. That was the other guy I was thinking of. So the continuity between those 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 gentlemen uh, and the the Penn State rookie tight end Fairmouth that might take a couple games into the season to figure out as well. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about the draft. Kyler, what's our rule with drafting running backs in the first round? Uh, don't do it, you fucking idiot! Like, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. To be fair, to be fair, before uh, you guys jump in on that, I subscribe to this same rule 100%. That's a Steeler fan talking, and he will get his time, trust me, Mm -hmm. because he will have Steeler propaganda waiting for me after all this. Oh. Oh. Okay, so Najee Harris is a great running back. I like him. I don't like... I don't like teams who are far away from really competing, taking running backs in the first round. I just don't like taking for running backs in the first round, period. Um, they're high on Kendrick Green. There's a couple people in our green room out that we that have been singing the praises of Kendrick Green. I think they wrote psalms about him, actually. <laughs> yes, um, and, and the and the Fairmo kid is is kind of your typical Pittsburgh tight end. Like I think he will he will be a good run blocker. I think he will be a good mm-hmm. chain mover down the road. The one thing that guy is able to do if it's a third and six, he catches a ball four yards down the field. He'll get you the two extra yards. So I like the pick personally. Um, now, if Cam Hayward and Stefan Tua don't stay healthy, that defense, I'm worried about it. I know everybody is really strong on their defense, but behind Tua and uh, Hayward, I don't see what they have. Now, the secondary, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is... Excellent. I like him. Their linebackers are 
brilliant. I mean, T.J. Watt is—he's—he's he's a man. I just like him. I like Devin Bush. He's nasty. Yeah, Devin Bush is also awesome. Mm-hmm. They just picked up Melvin Ingram as well. Um, that's a good solid vet to pick up if he can Bench give you player. anything. So if he can give you anything like on, um, you know, like you know, down distance situations, great. But their secondary three hundred to four hundred snaps, something like that. Yeah, their secondary though scares everything out of me, and all I hear is we'll get enough pressure so the secondary can be average. That's his Hayward, and to it stays healthy. Because if somebody can key. On TJ Watt, because those guys aren't healthy, providing the push up the middle, it's going to be a long season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bad offensive line, not a lot of depth on the defensive line, and shaky secondary does not spell good things for the Steelers. Oh, and by the way, if you are expecting Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball like 60 yards down the field, those days are over. He is a bigger version of Drew Brees. No. I think those like days Like a six foot five, 250-pound Drew Brees. That is what that cat is. Yeah. That is what he is now. No, no, no. No, no. no. yeah. yeah. I don't care what you say right now, bro. You will Drew get Brees was better. Drew oh, Brees yeah. was don't disrespect Drew Brees with that shit, man. <laughs> Roethlisberger has not been at that level. I'm just saying, as far as throwing the football down the field, like 15 yeah, yards, yeah, no, no, 20 Drew Brees yards. at least throws the ball three yards ahead of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's like, about it. hasn't thrown the ball that far in a while. Najee <laughs> Harris will get about a hundred catches because it'll be four yards yeah. down the field. Yeah. So he'll have some fantasy value there. Kyler, I've done your job for you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Generous, man. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give a prediction after after my guys talk. But I'm going to tell you right now, I tried, for my mama's sake, I tried to look at, like, the sunny side of the street. I really tried. So... As Sunnyside propaganda, Pittsburgh Steeler fan and resident, like know it all, analytics guy, Nico Miatello, you tell me how good Pittsburgh is going to be this year. Okay, I can if you if you want to start with the offensive line where you started, I will agree this is an entirely new group. Um, we are not going to have one single person starting at the same position they started last year, which is a reason for concern in general. That being said, we were the worst rushing offense in the NFL last year, and we were 28th in pass block win rate, ESPN stat. We had a god-awful offensive line last year already. So coming into this year with an entirely new group, I personally see as a positive, even if, even if they're unproven and young last year's group wasn't any good either. So I, I can't like 
they maybe they could be worse, but I have a hard time seeing how they'd be worse. There's there's guys you mentioned Kendrick Green. We also have Zach Banner, who won the right tackle job and then had his ACL torn in the first game of the season. Should be healthy. We also have uh, Trey Turner coming in. Should come back to health and Chuk's a core for going back to his natural spot at left tackle. Okay. So this is, mm-hmm. this is breaking up with old girlfriend, get new girlfriend. That is a hot mess as well. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see. It's a bunch of young guys. And I really like both Kevin Dotson and Zach Banner as guys who can potentially uh, anchor the offensive line. We'll have to see what Kendrick Green can do as a rookie and what Trey Turner does after coming into the team. And Chuksakor for last year was about an average right tackle. Uh, on the left side, he claims he'll be more comfortable, but even realistically, if he's the 25th best left tackle in the league, I think that's a slight upgrade over what Villanueva was last year. Mm. All right. Sorry to steal your thunder, Kyler, but do you have anybody on Steelers that is a fantasy kind of like pinpoint guy for you? Uh, I'm going to be honest. Out of every team in the division, the Steelers are probably my least favorite for fantasy purposes. Uh, if you mm-hmm. had to pick one guy that I do like, it's Najee Harris simply because in fantasy, if you're a workhorse running back, you're going to be pretty good by default. So you kind of have to like Najee Harris. Um, as far as if he's worth the ADP, I don't know, because he's being drafted a little high. But, you know, he's the guy, so you kind of have to like him. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the receivers for fantasy just because they're taking away targets from each other, and I expect the passing volume to go way down this season compared to last year. Um, mm. If there is a guy, because I was looking through some numbers, if there is a guy to be high on for fantasy purposes, even though I don't think he's the best receiver on the team, Deontay Johnson really stands out um, as far as a lot of different metrics go. Um, You know, target share and, you know, uh, like what he was on pace to do was, you know. If Ben Ben is starting, I think Deontay Johnson is a huge boon for fantasy because he fucking loves that guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Deontay is going to get probably the biggest target share, I would say, unless Claypool Mm -hmm. really breaks out. I'm not a huge Juju guy. Juju's not going to be on any of my teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's been Roethlisberger, and now there's fucking <laughs> Eric Ebron. Like, <laughs> Eric, Eric Ebron is a guy, like, you take him if he has a good matchup that week. That and you just hope he scores a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Um, I don't know. I'm not huge on the Steelers for fantasy, but, like, take Najee Harris, I guess. One quick thing before we move on. Uh, Big Ben is... Uh, last season was Cam Newton, but without the rushing ability. Just want to throw that out there. Oh, no. <laughs> man, I think, I think it might even be worse. I'm not going to argue for Ben. Strong. Over the Ben. All right. So, Zach, as a as a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you get, that's the other side of the state. So, I'm excited to be the best Pennsylvania team. That's for sure. Mm. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I, I would not go that far. We have a we have a future outlook for the Philadelphia correct. Eagles. Oh, 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 try, oh, we have quite the outlook for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> okay, we've been hitting about that NFC East uh, 
podcast for a while and and we still are like weeks away from it but i can't oh. wait there's so much it's gonna be like a four hour extravaganza it might be actually um okay all right so here's my thing nico and then i'll give you my prediction you just said in your words if ben stays healthy oh and oh, you said ben. also that when the Cam Newton comment came up, you were like, he was even worse. Yeah, yes. Okay. So here's my question. You got a new offensive line. You got a quarterback that you don't, you don't believe in. Mm -hmm. They do have weapons on the outside. Yes. But is he going to get the ball to those weapons? And do you see the defense holding up? I I do see the defense holding up. Um, I like this team had Duck Hodges be the quarterback for uh, fourteen games a few years ago and went eight and six in that stretch. In that stretch, well, Mason Rudolph had some games over there. It was for the vast majority, Duck Hodges was the leader of the squad. Um, I I do understand they've suffered losses in the secondary, but Cameron Sutton is someone they feel comfortable stepping on the outside. And it sounds like Antoine Brooks Jr., he was a six-round pick last year. He played pretty well in spot work. It sounds like he's going to be the first guy to step up in the nickel role. We'll have to see him as well as James Pierre stepping into the secondary Terrell Edmonds is in a situation where he needs to step up after having his fifth year option declined as well as Minka Fitzpatrick just being Minka. Um, I like the pass rush. You talked about Bud Dupree leaving, but I really like Alex Highsmith replacing him. I think he's a really good player. A guy in Melvin Ingram is going to be more of the third, uh, linebacker in that situation Alex Highsmith was so good last year the Steelers started putting like three outside linebacker sets where they would have Highsmith blitz from the inside or outside when Dupree was still healthy and then when Dupree went down with an injury a lot of his production was replaced by Highsmith but at the same time we also had Alu out and Devin Bush out so the defense took a significant step back but I don't think that was due to Alex Highsmith personally. Um, the inside linebackers need some work. We were relying kind of hard on Buddy Johnson to be our number three guy there as a fourth round pick. But besides that, I think overall, oh, you also mentioned the defensive line. Uh, Carlos Davis, they have at defensive tackle, nose tackle. I think it's step in and play a role. They really like him. Chris Warmly, That's they resigned. That's Auburn, right? Carlos Davis? Yeah, yeah, he was a seventh-round pick last year, but before the Steelers re-signed Tyson Alualu this year because he actually signed with the Jags and then reneged and came back to play nose tackle for us. But before that happened, Mike Tomlin said Carlos Davis was slotted to be the starter, and they weren't worried. They weren't going to try to address the nose tackle position outside. So if it or Hayward gets hurt, I think you can slide Alualu out to either side and have Davis uh, slide in. They also have Chris Wormley, who's been okay in spot work, and Isaiah Loudermilk, who they traded up to get this year. I personally didn't see it on film with them, but uh, the organization has done a really good job scouting defensive linemen particularly, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. In defensive linemen scouting and wide receiver scouting always, personally. All right. 
I'm gonna give my prediction. Um, Mike Tomlin is one of my. Uh, I guess I, as I, far I'm as b- behind Bill Belichick, I think. Yeah, but there's some other dudes too. He's top five respected for me. You know, as I, far as yeah. coach. Um, I get that. I wouldn't put very many qualifiers on it personally. He's yeah, he's might yeah. be my number one guy. I I have strong takes on Mike Tomlin. No, <laughs> I don't know if he's number one, but I'll because you're a Steelers fan. I'll take that. Um, he he's always prepared. He is always prepared. He always seems to get a lot out of his teams. But I don't think this is a year. I do not think this is a year. Yeah, I understand that. I'll, I don't I'll, think I'll put it this way. If everything breaks right, everything breaks right. That's a 10 win team. Everything, though, breaks right. Health okay, for okay. If everything breaks old. If everything breaks right, I think Dwayne Haskins is the starter. So. Oh, well, that, then, 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 then my, my level of. My level of concern would go even further up because my man is missing a front too. My man is missing a front, bro. He's missing a front <laughs> too, bro. That everything like, broke right. His so wife clocked him in out. the mouth. Going to the Hall of Fame. Nico, if Haskins starts, you're relocating the franchise. Boy, what do you mean? <laughs> I Yo, yeah, I don't know what his thing is, be. but I know he did. Yeah, I know his Roethlisberger thing. All right. If, let me tell you something. If I'm doing this predicated on Ben and starting six, uh, 17 games. Okay? Mm. I said everything breaks right. I think they can be a 10-win team. I don't think they're going to be a 10-win team. I think yeah. they are a middling – I think eight is hot. But I'm going to go eight and nine because I respect Tomlin so much. But I really think this team could win like six. Like their 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 uh their best, but their work their floor for them. And I don't know of a Pittsburgh Steeler team who's seen six wins in a long time. So I'm gonna give them eight, eight and nine, out of respect for Tomlin only, because I. I I, lo- I love the defense. I love the linebacker crew. I love Minka Fitzpatrick. I just think he needs help on the outside. And I think the defense will carry that team. But I hope they stay healthy enough to carry that team to 10 wins and, like, sneak into a playoffs. That'll make my mama happy. But I don't know if they can. I really just don't know. So, Nico, what do you think of your Pittsburgh Steelers? I, to, to be honest, like after we argued so much about everything, I'm not that different from you. My personal prediction is nine and eight. And the only reason I have it one win higher is Mike Tomlin has never coached a losing team in his tenure. And I don't expect him to start now, especially like he's had worse teams throughout the years. 
uh, as the Steelers coach, even without Ben Roethlisberger, with Byron Leftwich or Charlie Charlie Batch, Landry Jones starting a significant amount of games, he's found a way to one game win games time and time again. So I'm not going to pick him to have a losing record until he has one. So nine and eight is my my pick. And Zach, what do you think of the Oscar Steelers? So I'm going to go with Nico's score with the nine wins because basically exactly what he said. He has yet to have a losing season. Uh, he's obviously one of the best coaches that I've ever seen. And he just he knows how to get those wins, even if it's not an exciting game. If it's a 3-0 type of win, he knows how to do it. He knows how to read people. He knows where to put players to make the plays. I know Nico's going to be a little happy that I'm not talking mad shit about the Steelers. Oh, uh, yeah. That he's listening they to have players game. that can go 99 yards on a random play. We've seen it before. We can see it mm-hmm. again. Like, I don't want to say it's based off luck, but as long as they're healthy, I don't see them having a losing season. All right, Kyler, you are the last person to chime in on this. Yeah, uh, I'll go seven and ten because I'm a hater, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go seven and ten. If I'm being honest, like if it wasn't Mike Tomlin as the coach, I'd be even lower. If Tomlin yeah. wasn't the coach and it was like an average coach, I'd put him at like four, to be honest. Uh, yo, but, like, if Mike Tomlin wasn't the coach, I would also put them significantly. I'd put them at three wins. Yeah, early. the reason why I went with seven is because to me, the Bengals and Steelers are kind of in similar spots, except the Steelers defense can win them a couple extra games while the Bengals defense can't. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with seven. One game on its own to this point, like multiple times. So he's yeah. like at that level of Vince's guy, Aaron Donald. I think those are the two best defensive players, personally. I'm gonna let that go right now because <laughs> we gotta move on to Baltimore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go right now. I'm yeah. I'm gonna let that go. All right, so we gotta move on to Baltimore. All right, here's some of the cliff notes. Of Baltimore, and then you. I'm gonna have you guys chime in. Um, actually, I have a, I have some questions about Baltimore for everybody. So we're gonna start off with one. Are we sure that Lamar Jackson is an accurate enough passer? Yes. Okay. It, it, it depends. Accurate enough for what? I guess to win games. Can he? With his arm, yeah, win games by himself. Yeah, Lamar is not going to be the reason they lose games. Okay. Yeah, I I will agree. I will agree to that. I if you say to win like a Super Bowl, maybe I don't know about that, but accurate enough to win games in the regular season, uh, definitely. All right, Zach, you need to chime in on that. Sorry, I. Uh... I completely didn't hear that. I had something come up. Uh, I apologize for that. No worries. Lamar Jackson, is he an accurate enough passer to win games by himself? Oh, uh, I am a believer of Lamar. I think he does have it, but it's very game dependent. If he has a good start to the game, I think he can have that confidence to just carry him and just start putting dimes on people. But I think if he has a rough start, no. I think he gets in his head too much about it. All right. My second question 
How much do we believe in the Baltimore Ravens defense? Not that much. Like, they have guys, for sure. Like you said earlier, they have a lot of holes. And, like, it's it's weird. They have a weird mixture of, like, older guys like Calais Campbell that, like, are really going to have to, like, not regress. And then a bunch of young guys that they're really counting on. Like, I mean, Judon's not on the team. They're really counting on, like, Jalen Ferguson to make an impact in pass rush. Can he do it? I'm not sure. You know, Patrick Queen has shown flashes, but can he really be that guy? So overall, I'm not a huge believer in the Ravens' defense, but I don't think that it's terrible per se. Um, Nico, I guess you might disagree, but what do you think? Yeah, well, no, I I don't necessarily disagree. I I might looking at them. I might be around where you are. I was thinking originally I'd be higher on them than you, but. Like, the defensive line is good. You mentioned Calais Campbell. Brandon Williams is a good player, too. But besides that, it's a bunch of jags around them, I think. Patrick Queen's got some potential. We have to see if Odafe Owe is the level of player they've got from their edges the last few times. I think he could be. Uh, guys with with profiles like him actually have a higher tendency to succeed than you'd think. And I also really liked what they did with like adding our Darius Washington and Sean Wade, but in in the draft and undrafted free agency. But that being said, uh, overall, I don't really think any player on their defense, aside from maybe Brandon Williams, is like at a all NFL like caliber, like all pro level. It's not uh, it's not a great unit altogether. I think. Do you think Brandon out. Williams is the best defender on the team? I think like, so. I I, don't, like, I I think I'm taking Marlon Humphrey over him, right? Well, well, Mar- Marlon Humphrey, like I maybe for me, I think it's I'm higher on Brandon Williams. I think Brandon Williams is like one of the five best nose ta- defensive tackles in the league. Marlon Humphrey, I, I also think is a really good cornerback, probably top seven. I don't know if I'd have him top five, but maybe. Uh, Humphrey. Right. They're close. They're close. I think they're both like really in- incredibly high level players. But besides that, like I'm, I'm not high on Marcus Peters at all. That dude, that dude gets beat way more than he gets credit for. Yeah, he does gamble for sure. Yeah, definitely. The next question I have: Did Greg Roman learn anything from San Francisco? No, clearly, because he's still doing the same shit. Maybe even worse. He's just like doubled and tripled down at the dumb shit he's been doing the whole time. Yeah, I mean, like, he's just, he's not good. He's not good at his job. Like, this might not be a fair comparison because he just, like, won a championship. But, like, is it fair to say Greg Roman is similar to last year's Mike Budenholzer? Mm. Even even current day Mike Budenholzer, I think Mike Budenholzer. I didn't want to say current day because he coaches ass off in the in the finals. But uh, I think Giannis just dominated his ass off in the finals. But I <laughs> yeah, but I think they have their similarities. So, and I'm not high on either. Okay, now, all right. I like Zach's take about Lamar. 
and then I'm going to go to the draft picks in a second. But I like his take on Lamar. Because Lamar is that guy to me is that he's right. If everything's going right in his day, oh, yeah, it can be electric. Yeah. But when it's not, it's yeah, bad. That, it's it's not good, bro. And that's been my only problem with him is consistency. I understand yeah. the wheels. I got it. I do. But, and the wheels might just kind of make up for his, to me, his lack of accuracy. So that's why I brought up the question. Is that maybe we look past all that because his 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 wheels and his ability to run are so um, immense as far as talent is concerned that we can gloss over the accuracy issues. He's got he's got to figure out how to beat the Steelers with those wheels though, because he's had a really hard time with that overall. Thank you, Coach, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Like we we have a defense that's figured that Lamar Jackson shit out, and a lot of teams just copy what we do every year when the playoffs come around. The Chargers come to mind when when that when that when yeah. I think about that. Yeah. For sure. Then the defense from – go ahead. I, I want to double down on this. Sorry. We do this thing where we send a pass rusher to, like, observe and just blitz him no matter what and follow him no matter what he's going to do, whether he's handing the ball off or not. So it completely takes away the play-action game and, like, leaves him scrambling in every situation. And a lot of the time he's scrambling backwards on passing plays and it's led to countless interceptions. He's had by far his worst games overall against the Steelers and the chiefs, I guess, but they've, they've implemented a lot of the same strategies. All right. So the defense lost Matt Judon. And like I said with him is that he's not the greatest individual pass rusher, but he's a good team defender and he can get his his sacks on collective pressure, as far as that's concerned. So he'll be missed. And it's not fair to compare because obviously we're talking about greats of the greats, but there's no Ed Reed. There's no Ray Lewis. There's no like relentless, like. Hello, Nada. Yeah, there's no. So many. There's so many like all time great Ravens. You, Terrell Suggs, so many. Guys who like Jimmy Smith, even like guys who set that level, that level of tone for the organization that just aren't around right now. They're relying on Pernell McPhee to provide a lot of that stuff, and guys like Brandon Williams. But like, we, it's yet to be seen whether or not they can do it. Is it safe to say that this is probably the worst defensive team that the Baltimore Ravens have had in like? 15 to 18 years. Maybe even this, like in the 2000s, like since, since the turn of the millennium, I can't think of a worse defensive team. The Ravens have had. Yeah. So that's, that's another problem I have now. Here's the bright side. I like the pick of Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. I like that kid, big kid, almost six, two, has a pretty good catch radius. Seems to run really good routes for somebody that big. And also is the type of guy that can help you out in the red zone. 
Um, I'm a huge Ben Cleveland fan from Georgia. He'll either play center or guard. I like that kid. Um, he he's he a good just, player. Yeah, sure. he he man, watching his film was such a joy for me. Yeah, before the draft process. Yeah. Oh my god, he's he's really good. Um, and I like Sean Wade if if he's a he's a slot corner. If Sean Wade's a slot I, corner. I, he- I think he has to be. There is no way he couldn't be a slot corner in the pros. And it looks like uh, so far in camp, from what I've heard, that's where they're lining him up. So I think that's a sneaky good pick, personally. Like, I really was... Like, I was hoping the Rams would get him. Mm-hmm. Like, in the fourth round, third round. Yeah, I was yeah. I was looking. I was like, man, we, we can't get this kid? Yeah, can we get sure. this kid? <laughs> um. Even with all that and the all-way pick, let's let's talk about that. Now that's the kid that didn't have one sack last year, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, correct. All right, mm-hmm. explain it, Nico. Explain it to me. Explain the, how that the went. last. The last two players, uh, pass rushers who came out in the first round and had zero sacks were Jason Pierre-Paul and Ezekiel Ansa. It's just about guys who have these immense athletic traits to get by offensive linemen and haven't actually let it show at the college level. The Ravens, time and time again, just have shown their ability to find guys like like Judon, like Zadarius Smith, dudes who they just le- let leave the organization who played the role good enough. And I think Owe is the type of guy who pr- has proven his ability to at least buy into the organization because he, at, at school, he agreed to go into a role where he was only doing like specific sets and stuff. And I think he can do a similar thing with the Ravens. I, I honestly didn't love him as a player until the Ravens took him. And then I was like, okay, obviously he's going to work out there. So this is almost like if we would talk about basketball, right? This is kind of like a San Antonio Toronto thing with a young player. Yeah. Their, their ability yeah. to develop. Yeah. Or like, uh, as a Steelers fan, whenever the Steelers take a wide receiver, I just buy in. Oh, that's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kyler. You're a fantasy focus. Give me a couple guys that if I'm building my fantasy team, what am I looking to do? Right. So as far as fantasy goes, obviously running back is the hardest position to find. And my motto for a lot of these teams, once you get past like the first couple of rounds, is if there's a team that might be split and carries a running back, go for the later one. And the, the difference in value between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards is wild to me. Yeah. Gus Edwards is one of the best value picks because he's going to get carries no matter what. He'll probably get goal line work. So if you need a plug-and-play flex, you can put him there. And if J.K. Dobbins gets hurt, I don't even know what he's going to do. He might have like a LeGarrette Blunt Patriots season where he scored like 18 touchdowns for no reason. It's ridiculous. I like Gus Edwards a lot. Uh, I'm not taking any of the wide receivers, but like Lamar, you have a safe floor because he runs. Mark Andrews has been pretty consistent. He was you know tight end six last year, I believe. So that's, you know, a, I don't take uh, Mark Andrews where he goes just because his ADP is around TJ Hawkinson and Hawkinson's my guy. 
but Andrews is certainly not a bad pick. Um, so overall, I think I would go with Gus as my main guy. Um, no huge like standouts other than that. Dobbins is fine where he goes, I guess, but I really love Gus Edwards as a pick. All right. Now I'm going to ask a question. Okay. If I wanted to take a, if I, and this is for Kyler, if I was going to take a, uh, if I was going to take a quarterback early, should I take Lamar Jackson over everybody else? Uh, not over everybody else. I like Mahomes, obviously. I like Mahomes, and I like Josh Allen over him. And then after that, there's a conversation. I think I would also take Kyler Murray over Lamar, just because the weapons are there. Um, but after that, it gets tough. I think Lamar is probably going to be ranked as my quarterback four in fantasy this year. All right. I was just checking on in. I just wanted to see where your thoughts were on the fantasy deal. All right. I'm ready to give a prediction, and then I'm going to kind of walk it through. This is the year. Um, this is this is a year where we find out. I think that this is the year that Lamar Jackson either gets heat or he gets praise. Okay? I think we find out this year. Now, I know there are – other circumstances, it's, it doesn't all fall on him. But if there's not marked improvement this year, I think the whispers get louder about whether they can win or not with him. Whether it's fair or unfair, I don't know. But I will say this, is that this is the year where he has to be I would say that, okay, if you never stop learning or whatever the case may be, but he has to be now like, okay, I've been in the league for a while. I understand what's going on. Let me go ahead and have like a season that I am really the reason why we're winning a couple games. He has to be that guy this year. Now, like Zach said, when he gets off to a bad start, he gets off to a bad start. And he can't have that this year. I think the team is dependent more on him this year. And this is why I also have them as an 8 and 19. I have the Baltimore Ravens. I'm I'm sorry. I, I listen, Lamar Jackson. I, I want to believe so bad. I want to think that he is special and he will show us, but he's going to have to prove it to me. Just like Tua last week, Lamar Jackson is going to have to prove it to me. Baltimore Ravens fans, this is the year where you're under 500. Eight and nine, and I don't have like even a ceiling for them. Like I don't think they, I don't think they have a chance of winning eleven games. I don't think they have a chance of winning eleven games at all. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm out. I'm out on the Ravens. This is gonna be a hot take. This might be our, 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 our video. This might be our audio breakout on YouTube. But eight and nine for the Baltimore Ravens this year, because. 
Lamar is going to have to make me believe that he's the guy. Anybody? Thoughts? All right, I can go uh, unless you want to go, Nico. If you want, nah, go, Nico. no, I'll let you go. Okay, so a couple things before I give my prediction. Um, first of all, just want to throw this out there that I was the first on the Ravens will make the playoffs. Take <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Um, second uh, yeah, of all, Kyler was the first. Kyler absolutely was the first. I was, yes, I was just throwing that out there. I had to um, do my research before I could coast on that, so I'm sorry. Oh, kudos it, to you. It, yeah. um, I will say this, even with me saying that they won't make the playoffs, lumping Lamar with Tua is slander to the highest degree. That no, is no, no. wild. Not, 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 no, hold on. No, I know you're not saying that the same player. What I'm like, saying is he's got to prove it to me this year. I mean, I don't know. He's won a league MVP and he's still playing pretty well. Like, I, I like I said this before, Lamar is not going to be the reason they don't make the playoffs. It's Greg Roman's ass schemes and their offensive line being shaken up. They don't have Orlando Brown and their defense having too many holes in it. it okay, is Kyler. Not on the, I, I, got, I got a point to that, though. Okay, Kyler. Sure. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> now, we we think that this guy, as far as talent-wise, right, he's, he's special, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, he's been in the league how long now? Well, it's like his... What is his fourth season starting? I think it's about yeah. to be. All right. Coming into year four. Yeah. Coming into year four. Okay. Does he have a grasp of the offense? Does he have grasp of the offense? Does I he think have he the does. Grasp. It's an ass offense. The great Roman offense? Grasp. I think absolutely. I think. Okay. Anyone watching on television has grasp of the Greg Roman offense. <laughs> right. yeah. Do you think that he should have the ability in year four? To kind of like audible out of Greg Roman stuff because I know it happens in Green Bay a lot. I I think he should be allowed to, but I'm not sure he's allowed to because Greg Roman seems to be a control freak. I don't know. I think yeah. he needs to needs to be control it or audible. It'd be out funny if he was able to do that. And that's my point. Yeah, I agree. That's my point. That's that's my whole point. Is that he'll look at a play. Knowing it's gonna fail, and there's no there's there's no formation change or anything to hide it. Now, yeah, it could be definitely coaching, but he, with his with his creativity, you would think that there would be like something that he would be able to do. Now, I understand that you gotta play within the confines of the offense and all of that. But if I'm Lamar Jackson and I'm looking and and it's my reputation on the line, like it's not Greg Roman's reputation. Because here's the other thing that's quite as kept. He's a black quarterback that's super athletic. If he if somehow he in quote in air quotations flames out in Baltimore. The chances aren't great that he gets another shot. I think he he should get another shot. I think he's worthy of another shot. But the NFL, you know, Mike, Mike Tomlin will take him in in one second. I mean, we say that, but the NFL is weird, dude. We see okay, some dudes I, not get 
Second chances, yeah, bro. I, I agree, but like Mike Tomlin has takes chances on guys like this time. We took Cam. I'll take Lamar in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we took Mike Pierce after like after he flamed out like several other plays. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we take Lamar in. I was gonna say I feel like a lot of teams would take him. Oh yeah, well y'all got Michael Vick, so yeah, y'all get Lamar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Both both of our teams went for Michael Vick, so like we're going for <laughs> yeah. Lamar for sure. Yeah, I would All love right. to see Lamar Green. All right. So, well, all right. Now, Kyler, finish your take because I want you to go ahead and 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 take. Okay. Yeah, my overall point was that I think they're going to lose games despite Lamar's greatness. Um, I have them at nine and eight. I think they barely missed the playoffs due to, you know, Greg Roman being bad at his job. And, I mean, Lamar also doesn't, like, have receivers still. I know they made moves. I like Talon Wallace as a prospect. I like Bateman. But, like, counting on rookies and Sammy Watkins to elevate the passing game just isn't going to do it for me. So, um, I think I'll go 9-8. Week 1, Sammy Watkins. Oh, week one, Sammy Watkins is going to give you 172 yards. And then after that, he's going to be after the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's wild. So daily fantasy, I'm using Sammy Watkins week one. But for sure. yeah, I'll go nine and eight. I will say this. Saying they can't there's no world they win eleven games is a little absurd to me. I'm not gonna lie. No. <laughs> I'm not walking that back. I'm not walking back. No, I know back. you won't. I, nope. I respect I respect the fact that you won't walk it back. I think there's a you know, if everything clicks and Lamar plays it at MVP level again, despite not having weapons. And they can win eleven or twelve, but uh, I haven't been nine and eight missing the playoffs. All right, um, here's my one yeah. comment before Nico steps up and, and 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 tells me that this is a horrible situation that I've said. Sure. Here's my deal. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks out there. We can name them. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks when they don't have like the the weapons that've been in the league three or four years. You know, the offensive line straight. You know, um, defense is, you know, you know, good. There's not a lot of guys that, okay, we got bummy receivers or young receivers. Our offensive line is okay. Our defense is all right. It's not great. There's like five of them in the league that can elevate a team. And I'm, I'm sorry. I do not think Lamar Jackson is one of them. I mean, he won MVP with a rookie, Marquise Brown, his number I, one I white receiver. I get you, and I think he, I think he took advantage of just people not seeing it for the first. You know, what I'm saying like people not seeing it made it easier, and then the playoffs happened, and he got exposed. So. He needs to take a – that's why I said he needs to take a big leap this year for me. And if he does it, I will, hey, I'll be more than happy to say I was wrong. More than happy. But he's going to have to show it to me to, to get me to that level. I think Mahomes can do it. I think Russ can do it. Aaron, no doubt. Rodgers can do it. That guy Brady has proved it time and time again that he can do it because he had ass for as far as weapons are concerned in New England. And there might be a couple other guys that I'm missing, 
But Lamar Jackson right now, <laughs> to me, is not that guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Zach in the side chat is arguing for Nick Foles to be on that list as an, as an Eagles fan. Uh, um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. I think I fall somewhere in between you and Kyler. And, but I, you got, you picked eight and nine. Kyler picked nine and eight. I trend closer to Kyler's nine and eight. Um, Lamar has proven himself in, in certain situations, but also like, Against some of the better defenses in the league, he's also proven inability to break out at all. So I've seen the high sides and low sides of this guy, and this year is the year he has to prove it to me that he can actually be a top-flight quarterback. So while I personally believe right now he's got that potential, uh, I'm going to actually need to see it on the field this year. Um I talked to everyone about this earlier, how how the Ravens basically have four number seven wide receivers. Um, besides, besides Rashad Bateman, who has a chance to be better, like Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Miles Boykin, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, and Tylen Wallace all like would make most NFL teams, but none of them would be a feature part of the offense on any NFL team. So, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to need to find a guy who he's going to feed with these targets uh, besides Mark Andrews, who obviously he's going to pass to a ton. J.K. Dobbins could be great, too. Like we've talked about earlier, the defense uh, is a bunch of unproven guys who are going to need to step up. But I believe in Wink Martindale and his defense more than I believe Greg in Greg Roman and his broke-ass offense that keeps uh, proving that it's ineffective at this level time and time again. Nico, I'll throw one question to you. Yes. They're down they're down fourteen to three with four minutes mm-hmm. going second half and in, in the oh, first okay. half. <laughs> they 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 lose. They lose. Okay. If they're ever down in a, any game more than more than seven points, I think they lose. That's in my problem with Lamar Jackson then. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I just think he's gonna jump on top of people enough times. Okay, fair enough. Zach, finish it off. What do you have Baltimore at? Uh, I have Baltimore at either 9 to 10 wins. Uh, their schedule isn't the roughest ever, too, that I've seen. Uh, I got high hopes on Lamar. I've always been a fan of him since he was drafted. I know he can just flip a switch and drop 40 points on people. He has the talent. I know around the team it is kind of questionable, but... I am a heavy Lamar fan, and uh, I believe that with his feet, if he stays healthy, he can arouse some people and just take the team to a win. But like Nico said, against the top, higher top-tier defenses, he does struggle a little bit, and uh, it can get bumped to a big struggle, and it can go downhill pretty quick. But if he starts the game off good, if he starts with a touchdown on the first two drives, I think they got a solid chance of taking Ws. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of you said. We talk about guys like this a lot more in basketball who are more like floor raisers and guys who will get you to the playoffs every time. But then once the playoffs happen and you have more time to key in on what this guy does, it's solvable by defenses. And yeah. it's, it's been proven time and time again. I'm reading Vince's mind as you say that. And I already know that Vince is thinking that Lamar Jackson is the Russell Westbrook in the NFL. 
I just know that's what he's thinking. Oh no, 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 no. Oh. Listen, <laughs> listen, that's what I'm thinking actually. Russell Westbrook. First of all, that's shout out to my UCLA guy. Okay, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> but uh, I'm not seeing Lamar do things in the fourth quarter that I've seen Russ do. So no, I don't put him in that category. No, no. Yeah, Paul George though. Lamar hasn't bricked enough. Paul George. Things. Paul George is slander. Paul <laughs> George is slander. Paul yeah, George? I know. Paul George is a better player, but Russell Westbrook. I I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I guess saying. as a Rockets fan, also I want to <laughs> I shoot that guy in the streets. Easy. So saying Lamar Jackson versus Russell Westbrook, like I could kill them both, no problem. So like, <laughs> I, I don't want to compare. Wow. Hot takes from Nico. Yeah, hot takes. <laughs> Aggressiveness. Those are like my two least favorite professional athletes, period, at this point. So, for sure. How many beers are you in, Nico? Uh, uh, six. About six. All right. In <laughs> Nico is all, he's, yeah, he's ready. He's ready. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so now we're going to get to Cleveland. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the, here's the thing, fellas. Baker Mayfield, it's set up perfectly for him. It's set up for success and the tremendous bag that he's about to get. Okay. Um, this is this is a very talented squad that he can lead. They have an embarrassment of riches almost everywhere. Uh I mean n- Chubb and Hunt in the in the backfield. Landry, OBJ, Rashard Higgins, Hooper. They still got Joku, Miles Garrett and Clowney. I mean, it's stacked. It's a stacked squad. And then the draft happens. Okay. Okay. Let's read a couple of these off. All right. Greg Newsom. Awesome. <laughs> I, 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 Greg Newsom is, is really good. I like him. Great pick. Yeah. Yo. Okay. Great pick. So then we have uh, Jeremiah. Uh, JLK. Yeah. Well, Awusu Karamoa. See, I studied. Yeah. I studied on that. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that dude. Okay. I think that was a steal. Oh. Man, I I bet money on him to be the first linebacker drafted. That's how much I believed in him. But I didn't know about the heart problem. How, mu- how much? How much? How much beer money did you? Uh... Only ten bucks. Only ten bucks. Don't worry. I made tons of money on the draft by betting on Trey Lance to be the third quarterback drafted. So My I man. wasn't worried about uh, JOK. Yeah, we need to get, we we need to get with like Warren Sharp and, and get our money together for next year's oh. draft. So, all right. Absolutely. Um. Anthony Swartz, sneaky good pick at three. Oh, oh no, I I I am an Anthony Schwartz believer. Why? Uh, Steelers worked him out, and I was like praying to God we didn't take this dude. He's like the he he could be a good special teamer, but like I need to see him catch a ball more than once before I would want him <laughs> on the squad. Well, I'll go like this. Then they got Tommy yeah. Tagai in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. All right. Uh, man, that, you know, for sure. Another <laughs> that, round. That's a great. 
another uh, one yeah. that I wanted. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah, with with Billings and Malik Jackson. Yikes, man, that's that's a good squad. And I'm gonna give some love to Demetric Felton. Shouts out UCLA. A clap all day. Yeah, for sure. Also, all apparently. Apparently, our guy Jadavian Clowney might be playing in a role similar to Sheldon Richardson. That's what they've been saying out of camp. So we'll have to see that. It's it's a sick squad. This is a sick squad. It's a good. It's a good team for sure. Fuck, fuck them, but it's a good squad. Yeah. <laughs> Baker makes good commercials for my wife. So shout out to Progressive. <laughs> Okay, and then he has this team. There's no chance unless Armageddon happens. Oh, that they, got they don't Armageddon win the division, huh? They got Armageddon on their roster. It's Mr. Odell Beckham, who's not going to get the ball thrown to him very much, and he's coming off an injury, and I think he's going to rip down the entire franchise. Well, I don't think he's going to, but I think it's a possibility. No, no, no. Okay, maybe it's like a 15% chance, but I can see it happening. That guy will be on week six. (laughs) Well, they better be ready to move him on because I think the rest of the organization has shit in place. I know you would. Couldn't have that dude on my team. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't trade him over here. Steelers have wide receiver drafting figured out. All right. So (laughs) fantasy wise, Kyler, this has to be like a treasure trove of dudes. Uh yeah, not as much as people may think, but there are some guys for sure. Nick Chubb, I love in fantasy. Nick Chubb is awesome. Uh, Kareem Hunt is the best handcuff in fantasy football by far, and he's going to get you know he's fantasy uh, production even with Chubb on the field as like a flex option, you know, an RB three on your team or whatever. So those are both elite picks. Baker Mayfield actually has sneaky upside in fantasy. A lot of people weren't paying attention, or they just don't remember that Baker Mayfield the second half of the season was really good, and he was he was probably a top ten quarterback in the league the second half of the season, and he could. Like, if he replicates that production, then, like, man, that's a steal because he's being drafted to, what, quarterback 16 or something right now? Baker, to me, is a steal in fantasy. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm not touching any wide receivers on the team just because there's not enough passing volume. Uh, Odell's hurt all the time. Jarvis doesn't have much of a ceiling. He's got a decent floor, so if you need a floor guy, you can take Jarvis Landry. Uh, Richard Higgins is late. You can get him as, like, one of your last guys on the bench, I guess. Uh, there's too many tight ends on the team for me to want any of them because Harrison Bryant's there too. Um, but Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield are the two main guys for me that I would want on the Browns. All right, Nico. So where, if I'm yeah. pumping them up, where are the holes? Uh, I think I think the main holes are in the linebacking core overall. Uh, also, pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett, especially if Jadavian's playing inside, and they have uh, Tack McKinley. But overall, I think this is a good squad that has a really strong uh, team overall at like uh, the offensive line as well as like secondary defensive line. 
the wide receivers are poor, but like Kyler mentioned, this is one of the deepest uh, running back cores in the league with uh, Hunt, Chubb, and even Dearness Johnson behind them. So, like, overall, <laughs> the Browns are a pretty good team. Uh, the the coaching, I'm not as sold on as the rest of the league with Stefanski, but I guess we'll have to see. I'll get back to that in a second. Zach, this is the uh, roster that you would like the Philadelphia Eagles to have. So what's your thoughts on Cleveland and how stacked they are? Or where do you see the issue that might slow the train down a little bit? The thing for the Browns, for me personally, is their wide receivers. I don't know if I'm crazy or what, but... I just I can't get behind them. Obviously, OB, uh, he's falling off. OBJ's falling off pretty hard. He hasn't really shown much in the last couple of years for me. Landry, I know people like him, but I haven't really seen anything crazy in the last couple of years personally. I don't really like their receiver core. Uh, everything else, though, I am a fan of. Uh, they have some fix in the last couple of years that I wish the Eagles took, but I like their defense. I like their line. Uh, I like their backs. They're fun to watch and everything. Tight ends. I've always, I've always wanted Njoku to be the greatest of all time. He's clearly not done that well. Uh, Austin Hooper is solid. Njoku for years. Baker since college. Nico has shoved down my throat. Is the greatest of all time coming in. Not greatest of all time, but my dude for sure. uh, I've been ripping Baker since they loved him. So I think it's a great team, super fun to watch. They have, obviously, the attitudes on the team too, but I think wide receiver would be the spot i kind of afraid of for them. All right. It's prediction time, and, and if we're going last with Cleveland, that means I probably have them winning the division. So, yeah, cats out the back. Dog pound, rejoice. This is the year. You guys are going 13 and 4. All right? 13 and 4. That's where you're going. Here's the deal. That's your that's your that's your ceiling, but I think you're gonna hit it. I think Baker screws up a couple games by being Baker. Okay, you could have had a magical season, but I don't think he messes it up enough. Where you guys go down to like 11 and 6. I think that clearly you're the class of the division. I do not respect anyone in this division to give you any problems whatsoever. I think you have, other than, um, let's see, who, well, if, if, <laughs> If Brian Gutenkus could get his head out his ass, Green Bay would probably have the smoothest uh, way to the to the playoffs. But I think Cleveland has the smoothest way to the playoffs because of the division and just it being in flux. So 13 wins. What up, Cleveland? You know what I'm saying? Dog pound, rejoice. You are going to win the AFC North. And you're going to get a bye in the uh, in the wild card round as well. So be happy with that. 
Cleveland, I've been on you guys. You know what I'm saying? I was on Baker last year about all the commercials, but this year is the year where they take off and win 13 games. And let's see. Let's see how that Kansas City and Buffalo situation works out. Because there, I think there are three teams in, in the AFC that are a cut above. And it's Buffalo, KC, and, and Cleveland. Kyler, what's your thoughts on 13 wins for the Cleveland Browns? Listen, Vince, we've been, you know, we've been disagreeing on a few things on this podcast. You know, I've been sitting here being like, uh, I don't know about that. You know, disagree on Lamar. We disagreed on a few things. Um, 13 and four is nothing but facts. <laughs> that is nothing but facts. I also have Browns at 13 and four. Now, I will say, I don't think they get the bye. I don't think they're the best team in the in the AFC. But is it only one team um, that gets the bye this year? It's I, only one team. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's one okay. Then I'll take that back because Kansas City will get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me, yeah, let me take that back. I think Kansas. Yeah, City. yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. Um, yeah, but thirteen wins for sure. I, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm with you on the nobody can even challenge them. I think it's possible they split. You know, with the Ravens and and uh, things like that. You know, the Steelers are tough to play at home, um, but. I, I have the Browns at 13 and four. Um, am I too high on the Browns? Probably. Uh, but I don't care. I'm living in the moment and uh, let me live. You live, Kyler. You live with that 13. Listen, 13 wins. Solid. Solid 13 and four. And Nico is losing his mind. So the floor is yours, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you guys are too high. I I think the Browns are uh, closer to to like I would have Indianapolis personally as that third team with or without Carson Wentz playing well. I think uh, what? I, I man, I think that squad is way better overall. Oh, we're than, doing uh, them next week. I cannot wait. Hold on. I'm I'm really high on Indianapolis, so I'll I'll be ready to fight you on that one too. Um, I have I have Cleveland closer to the like the eleven and six range, eleven and six, ten and seven, maybe like I see the high end as like twelve and five, um, for them, but I see them more around there. Uh, the d- defense, while it is good, I think they don't quite have as much as they had even last year. Uh, we'll see if JOK can make an impact year one and Greg Newsom. If they can, maybe I'm way off on this uh, projection. But overall, I think the defense is going to hold them back from being that upper level team. I think this is a down year for the AFC North overall. I'm going to go ahead and disagree right now. I was going to hold, but no. I'll let Zach yeah. talk in a second. Here's my thing. I, you saw the playoff game, right? You, you saw it, right? Okay. So the the offensive line of Pittsburgh has gotten so much better than, than that playoff game. 
I don't know if it's gotten so much better, but none of those guys who are starting in that playoff game are going to be starting for us this year. I know that. So whether or not it's gotten better, it's gotten different. And do you think your defensive line is going to hold up to what they have in that run, yeah. in that backfield? Yeah, I do. I, I think that's maybe the main reason that I think we take one game off them. Hmm. I don't know. One or two games. We'll see. One or two? You're going to take two games off Cleveland? I, I could. Man, the Cleveland Browns oh. do not beat the Pittsburgh Steelers very often. Dude. So, uh, like, I'll have to see it happen. Times are changing, really. <clears throat> All right. You're a Steeler fan, so you know what? I'm going to give you respect because my mama's a Steelers fan. <laughs> Shout out to your mama. The defense is, listen, if they stay healthy, they are they are a dynamite defensive team. They'll be mm-hmm. able to get out to the quarterback, all of that. Yeah. I just, I don't see, I don't see them dealing with Cleveland very well. I don't, I just, I see them having a hard time. With play action, and I just I have a hard time with that. But hey, that's why they play the games, and that's why these predictions are bold. So I got a winning thirteen. You have a winning eleven. Eleven. Kyler's with me at thirteen. Zach, where do you stand on the Cleveland Browns? I would feel comfortable saying eleven to twelve wins for them. Uh, I do believe that they got talent. They can just steamroll people. But like I said, wide receivers kind of scare me, and especially if they get one or two injuries in there. I think they got to lean more on the run game, and then teams can just stack a bit. And, you know, it's just downhill from there. But there is free agents. You can make trades and stuff like that, obviously. There is things to come. But I think they're one or two injuries away from being a running team only. And... I think that kind of limits them. So I think 11 to 12. All right. So he's at the 11. He says 12. High point. So that's good. That's all right. But clearly, going to win the division. I don't think anybody here has Cleveland not winning the division. Am I right? I'd have them favored to win the division. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Nico. Give me the scenario where the Pittsburgh Steelers run I'm, through I'm the NFC. Kidding. No, I just want to see if you have a, a scenario that gets them. The scenario is basically the defense is by far the best defense in football. Like the last three years or four years, maybe even they've led the NFL in sacks. If they do that as well as... Uh, take the ball away at a high level. That's the only argument that the Steelers would be around that level. Um, maybe, I don't know, if Ben gets hurt and Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph decides to be a uh, top 15 quarterback in the league, that would help them along. But I see that as a pretty high, a low likelihood of actually happening. And so nobody sold on Baltimore, right? So that nobody has them. Nobody sees a... Does anybody see a path for Baltimore winning that division? Uh, yeah, if Cleveland uh, just has like a San Francisco year of injuries and then Lamar has an MVP level season. Yeah, I agree with that one. I would get behind that. 
All right. So take a little divine intervention and some ACL. Yeah, I, I think I think the yeah. Ravens are a little more likely to win the division division than the Steelers, but I think they're about the same range. All right. So, all right. So we have it. This is it. I go thirteen and four. Kyler goes thirteen and four with Cleveland. Everybody has picked the Browns to win the division. There are some scenarios out there where other teams could do it, but kind of somewhat far-fetched a little bit. Maybe Baltimore is the team that is most likely to take them out, but I'm here to tell you that that's not going to happen. Baltimore, be sad. Pittsburgh, cry a river because you got three of them. And Cincinnati, hey. please keep Joe Burrow healthy. Can you help me help you? That's my question. Is can my man be upright, Joey B, be upright in week I think 17? The organization, unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals organization is doing the same thing protect, to protect Joe Burrow that you are because all they're doing is praying <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> So bad, bro. Yeah. So bad. I literally do not want this kid to be the the older car brother where he's just shell-shocked by year three. I think it's coming. coming. He's the next David for sure. Oh, my God. That would just be terrible for me. I would be so upset. All right. Well, that is the show. Okay. So you got your predictions. You got your fantasy outlook. You got to look behind some of your your favorite teams and what their outlook is supposed to be. Now, here's the thing. We are not hard to find. On Twitter, QPP Network, that's me. Nico at QPPN, that's the guy who he is high on the Steelers, obviously. Absolutely. Kyler is... uh, at Kyler QPP in as well. So yes. you have some hot takes for him about your squad being trash in the AFC North. You can come holler at him because he is he is fearless about his prediction and he will always give you the straight shit when it comes to the fantasy. That's for sure. And Zach is our resident Eagle fan and just NFL hater of all other teams. Right. We have not we created a Twitter yet, more. but we will. So you will be able to blast at him as well. But right yeah. now, you can just blast at me, and then I will send all the hate to them, and we can laugh. <laughs> because that division is pretty much locked up for Cleveland. So Cleveland, stand up. Dog crown, rejoice. And all of y'all feel good on a Friday, and we're going to end it on this note. Our no-question-about-it person, entity, or company of the week is the kids that are getting money for their name, image, and likeness. Yo, they are getting paid. They are getting paid, bro. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The gymnast at LSU, seven figures. Seven figures within two weeks, bro. 
seven uh-huh. figures already. Johnny Juzang at UCLA got a car deal, got some other stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? He got his situation uh, all squared away. And there are two young so ladies hard. out of Florida who are in high school. They're twins. They're supposedly like top, like uh, on ESPN's like women's basketball. They're like the the top kids or whatever. Both seven figures. So shout out to the kids getting out from under this slave thing from the NCAA, because y'all know y'all the biggest mafia on the face of the planet. Shout out to the kids being liberated. Shout out to the kids that have Instagram followings of 4 million people on on getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. So stick it, NCAA, and your non, your 1930 rules that you got. Oh, he can't get a meal from a restaurant because that's against the rules. That's amateurism. As you sit back and make billions of dollars off these kids' blood, sweat, and tears, nah, player, that's not how it rolls. So, yo, tip one back for the kids in the name, image, and likeness situation. All right? You guys have yourself a cocktail out there for the kids for that situation. Uh, Nico, do you have anything to parting shots? Or QP Nation? Uh, nothing nothing particularly other than like seconding what you said. That's amazing that the, the name, image, and likeness deal has came to the NCAA. We need it to come to all of college sports still, but having it in the NCAA is a, a major huge thing. And all you guys are going to need to check out me and Zachary here. Zick Parse on uh, our upcoming gambling podcast when we come up with a name for it. Oh, and Ooh, check me out one. also. I got one. Today on podcast. Also mm. talking about AFC North. Pod to be named <laughs> later? That Maybe that's even the name. I don't know. Yeah, pod to be <laughs> named later. Future cash. Oh, future cash considerations. Oh, yeah. Cash Considerations podcast. Yeah, ah, there's a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah, out there. Hey, bro, the mind is starting to work. The whole maybe we put a Twitter a Twitter poll out there. Oh, we could do let, that. Uh, Nation. We could us. do that. All right. Um, we always end the show one way, and I'm gonna go ahead and do that. But before I do, I want to thank everybody who came on. Nico, who is at Nico QPPN on Twitter, so go follow him there. Kyler, who is at Kyler. Mm-hmm. QPPN as well. He's our fantasy guy. I want to thank him for stopping by as well. And Zach, uh-huh, uh-huh. who is our gamer, who is our sports betting podcast guy, who is our all-around just voice of reason. We are so happy to have him. And also for Nico, fellow Canadian. Uh-huh. The Canadians who you gave us Brian Adams and for the Canadians <laughs> that gave us Carly Rae Jepsen. Ugh. No, dude. Let me a pop icon. Listen, no, no, no that song, I don't care what anybody, that song was everywhere. 
So you can say you didn't listen to it, but you heard it. I know you did. She had two amazing albums that followed that. Too. I had to listen to it because of Nico playing it every day. There it is. Yeah, I, I'm a Carly Rae stan for sure. All right. So listen, we got our Canadians in the building. We are building this network crazy. And we just got more heat for you coming. So how we're going to end the show is this. Be good to yourself. Make sure you're okay. Make sure you are doing all the things that are necessary for you to be centralized in your feelings and um, in control of yourself. So then you can then appreciate your family and your loved ones around you. Okay. Make sure you say something. Hey, like, listen, you know, doing the laundry or cooking dinner last night. Just, you know, it was amazing. Whatever. Put a smile on, on your family's face. Then go outside, greet your neighbor with a, like a hearty hello, you know, wave, smile, whatever. If you could chop it up with them for a second, just to build that, that bridge of connectivity. And then last thing that if you have it within your time frame to do, volunteer to some of these outstanding organizations that are out there helping the less fortunate. Um, it's really important. Um, a lot of people are falling by the wayside just because of the COVID situation and the financial hard- hardships. So um, if you can donate your time, fantastic. If you can't donate your time, find a worthwhile organization that you can give a little green to because there are a lot of people out there struggling um, with various illnesses or just bad luck. So keep that all in mind. And with this podcast, we're out. But here's the deal. I know this is a football-centric podcast, but Question Point Pod Network has a busy week coming up. Um, Not kidding. <laughs> let me tell you something. So here's the deal. Sunday on Green Room, there's a draft, NBA draft, question and answer. Monday. There is a end of draft preview special with Nico and Kendall and myself. Tuesday, there's a mock draft. And if I'm not mistaken, we're pulling double duty and we're doing them both Monday. So mm-hmm. we might put them out both Monday, but I'm going to say the draft, the mock draft will come out Tuesday latest. And then yeah. Thursday, it leads up to this culminating point. Live on Green Room, NBA draft, instant reaction, instant fan reaction, analysis, and might, might be some behind the scenes if I can dig up information, which I am currently working on. So we have a full week. So if you are listening to both podcasts, Who Questions Monday and Football Friday, first of all, you're a stud, and you're a first overall pick. Hero. Hero. All right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, if you need to recruit the other five stars, fans out there, to listen to the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. The third thing you need to do is go to our YouTube channel, QP Sports, and check out the breakout videos that are there. The fourth thing that you need to do is get yourself tied in to our social media. 
So we given it all to you. You know it all. So we don't have anything else for you today. Go forth and enjoy your weekend with reckless abandon. Live your best life. And we will see all of y'all on Monday, but hopefully we'll see a lot of y'all on Sunday night in the green room, Spotify green room. All right. So that's it. We're out of here and we are bye. Yeah. 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 I'm sent. <laughs>